What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoice sing. Rise high as the listening skies, let it resound loud as the rolling sea, sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun. Let us march on till victory is won.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to or welcome back to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from merely existing to living a life full of purpose. And as I always say, yes, I am talking to you. If you are listening to my voice right now, I want you to understand that there is still purpose connected to your life. And if you're struggling with that idea or with that concept that there is purpose inside of you, I want you to do this very exercise. I want you to breathe in, hold it, breathe out. Let's do it one more time. Breathe in, hold it, breathe out. That means that there is still breath left in your body. And as long as there's breath left in your body, purpose yet remains. And I hope that everybody gets from this show, from the diverse guests that we have on here, and even the times I've shared my story, I want you to understand that regardless of what you're going through, decisions that you have made that may not have been uh, good decisions or, or what you may view as productive decisions, there is still hope in a future. All it takes is a change of our mind, a change in our mind. And I know sometimes people say, well, that sounds so easy. It does sound easy. However, there's a work connected to it. I don't want anybody to think that I take light your process. I've had my process as well. However, in order for us to begin to change what we desire to see changed or experience the transformation that we desire to experience, then we got to begin to shift our direction and begin to take back control of our story, take back control of our life and take back control of the narrative of the life that we have. All right. So that's my encouragement to you on tonight. I just want you to understand that you still have purpose inside of you. And I want you to experience a purposeful life. I don't want you just to be merely existing. All right. So I want to thank you all again for joining me on tonight, as I always do. I want you to know I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you guys, there would be no show. There'd be no need for me to sit behind this microphone and talk if it was not for you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your support. I thank you for your comments. I thank you for your constructive criticism. I thank you for your input and your feedback. I really appreciate it. So if you're listening and you have any ideas for the show or a subject you would like for us to cover on the show, or even if you're out there and you know somebody that you believe would be a great guest on the show, I want you to email me at info at Clifton Pettyjohn, that's C-L-I-F-T-O-N-P-E-T-T-Y-J-O-H-N.com. And I want you to send your suggestions, send your feedback, send your questions, And if you have, as I said, if you know anybody you feel should be on the show, send that as well, all right? So I've done enough talking for tonight. I'm excited about our guests on tonight. Haven't we had some great guests? Uh, We're wrapping up season two, and we're going to be talking about um, the events we're going to have leading up to our season finale, which will be, what is it, August 31st. I have some amazing guests coming on before then, uh, but... Tonight we have another amazing guest, awesome young man. You guys know I don't read bios, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about him that I've observed um, through social media. So uh, he is a poet. He is a poet. Uh, And he's not just writing poetry to make it rhyme and sound good. There is substance to his poetry. And one thing I understand about authors and songwriters and poets and uh, people that are that are creative, whenever they speak and there's substance behind it, there's a story there. There's a story that we sometimes don't see and sometimes don't understand. And you know, with this show, I always try to connect us with the story. Why? Because I want each and every one of you out there to understand that your story is not as far off from some of our guests and even myself story 
are not as far off as you think it is. So I want each and every one of you to help me welcome to the show. Oh, before we do that, I apologize. Before we get we do that, I have to do my disclaimer. All right, so the phone lines are open throughout the entire show. They're open throughout the entire show. Why? Because this is a conversation. I don't like to call it interviews. We are having a conversation. You know me. You know I'm a conversational conversational list. I believe that gifts, talents, and abilities can be unlocked through conversation. I believe that writer's block can be destroyed through conversation. I believe direction can be released through conversation. So because it's a conversation, I want each and every one of you listening to be a part of the conversation. So tonight, if anything is said that grabs your attention, anything is said that you would like uh, further understanding of, I invite you to call in, ask your question, uh, bring your comments to the conversation as well. Now, listen, I do have to limit calls to a minute or a minute and a half because I want to give our guests enough time to get their story out, and I also want to make sure that anybody else that wants to call in has time to call in. Now, with the calling in, you all know our guests and myself, we all come from diverse backgrounds and belief systems, which means I might say something you disagree with. My guests may say something you disagree with. That's okay. That is okay. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we become better individuals and how we become better as a human race, okay? If you call in to state your disagreement, I will respectfully allow you to do that. However, if you are disrespectful of my guest or myself or any other listener that's out there, I'm going to have to hit this little X on you. Why? Because, as I said, we can all agree to disagree. And when we learn to disagree, when we learn to agree to disagree, we all are able to grow and respect each other. And respect goes a long way with me, all right? So call in number 516-387-1756, 516-387-1756. Now, without further ado, if you, or matter of fact, if you're on Facebook, I want you to share the link as well so more people know that we're on right now. I want more people to, to get involved in this, uh, this conversation that we're about to have. So make sure you're sharing the link as well with this conversation, all right? But I want you to wel- help me welcome to the show. As I said, he is a poet, and he is the author of Black Ribbon. Help me welcome to the show, Juice. Juice, how are you tonight, hey, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I'm good, man. I'm great. I'm excited about this conversation. Me too, man. Me too, man. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like I told you off the air, I start every conversation with this icebreaker question. Um, it's the same question I ask everybody. So I'm going to ask you that question, and then we'll go from there. If you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? I want to be able to fly and because, I don't know, that's always what I want to do. That's always always been my superpower. If I could do anything, I just want to be able to fly. I feel you. I feel you. Listen, you can be able to get places faster. Won't have to worry about paying airfare and all those other things. I feel you there. <laughs> so now, here's what I want to ask you before we get into the conversation. The name Juice. How did you come up with the name Juice? Well, the name Juice was that was actually was uh, was given to me. My brother, my brother named me Juice. I was um, I used to I was real fast. Actually, I used to play I used to play football too, and I was just real fast uh, when I was younger. And um. So yeah, one day I was actually running. My brother was like, "Oh man, you run fast like Juice Star." So he started calling me Juice. Like, uh, okay, okay, that's what's up. Yeah. So you use that as your artist name today? Well, it actually um, it came from. Well, that's just what people call me. And when I mm-hmm. actually when mm-hmm. I when I started doing poetry, I was just doing it um, more so as a as a hobby. I was just doing it as a hobby um, at first, and then that's when. So when I, whenever I would go to open mics or anything, when I did do them, 
I was, that's what everybody called me. So everybody started calling me Juice. And then they came. Then um, you can also, everybody just really started, I guess, uh, well, sometimes on, like, when I do when I started getting shows and things like that, people just put my whole Instagram name on my, from my, um, to introduce me. So they would call me, like, Juice Bowman okay. and stuff on, on my Bowman. show. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> okay. Now you said you started it as a hobby. What made you start it as a hobby? Were you always interested in poetry growing up or was it like one day you just came across it and like, oh, I want to try that out? Yeah, so I uh yeah, I it actually was just a hobby until I actually got a so I started actually some people actually started booking me for shows. I was uh I just started off just writing, and um, I went down to. Uh, I'm from Atlanta. I went down to Savannah, and that's the first time I actually been to like a been to an open mic. When I first went to open mic, I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." But I I was writing, but I wasn't writing anything real serious. And I I wrote something I thought was actually was really good. So that's that's when I started doing open mics and started performing. Then later on, at that time it was just a, it was just a hobby. Then as time went on, I was I was just doing it for fun. And then people started booking me for shows, and I started taking it a little bit more serious. I, uh, yeah, so initially I was, yeah, so that's how that came about. So, so when it was a hobby, when it was a hobby, you said you didn't really write about anything serious. What were some of the things that you wrote about? Well, actually, uh, if you're familiar with, if you're familiar with uh, my work so far, that came from that, all that was just me writing. Um, in my spare time, initially, um, when I first started writing, I was probably when I when I sat down and got all of my material together, it was probably around like twenty twenty sixteen. When I was really just started to look at everything I wrote, in, you know, and um, I really uh, at that point I decided I was going to start like see what I had and start working on a book. Um, but I had ten ten of about ten of the poems that I thought were really good. I started to perform those and I recorded some videos and that's what started my social media presence presence. And I actually started really it transformed that's I guess my relationship with poetry and more so because people started booking me more for shows and and mm-hmm. getting me and it's just got me to a lot more places. Cool. Now, I'm going to tell you something that just is really, like I said, I don't read bios on the show. I do read them when people send them in. I post them on the website. Uh, your bios was one of my favorite bios because it's short and to the point. I hate long bios. <laughs> you know, Yours was short and to the point, but you said so much in it. And the thing that caught my attention was where you talked about uh, within your book, it was like the reflection. I'm trying to remember it the way it's similar to how you said it of you more the morning of toxic traits and embracing a clear and concise mind. That's right. That right there. That's right. That right there was powerful to me because how did you go from just writing about, you know, things that you didn't take very serious to understanding like how powerful poetry could be for you to write about, you know, getting rid of those toxic traits and embracing a clear and concise mind. That's right. That's, that's correct. Yeah. So, so I, uh, the, the, the name of the book black ribbon, um, came about when I started to, when I first, when I first started writing the book, I, I can't really remember what the, the initial name was, but I came around, I came around to black ribbon, um, just from every once I actually read the work, I guess when I became more, when I started to actually like look at everything that I had, I became more connected with the work as well, and then started to form into something that initially wasn't. And the black ribbon, like you said, it, it definitely just it just represents the morning of things that you're dying, things are dying off, and and the rebirth of something new. And it's broken up into three chapters. The the bond, the chaos, and the still. <clears throat> so, in the book, like you said, yes, that's, that uh, is the actual transformation of it, and it's uh, it has so it definitely has some 
poetry in there about mental health awareness, breast okay. cancer awareness. Um, so I'm trying to okay. still tie in all the awarenesses into into the book as well, but it also just goes into pretty much the psyche of some things. So before before I seen myself as a writer, I did actually enjoy a lot of great great writers, a lot of great black writers as well. So it's like mm-hmm. like as far as like reading and I think like definitely impression of James Baldwin, how he's just so okay. vibrant with his writing and how his mm-hmm. time how his writing absolutely reflects the time that he wrote it. So whether yeah. it be like the di- the dialect, um the 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 environment, everything you can tell exactly what time period this man was in and he highlights the things that were important of that time for black for black men that was not highlighted like through the news and through the media. So like when I was when I was younger, I read read a lot about him. Of course, everybody read Go Tell on the Mountain. Uh, I like his mm-hmm. book, uh, Jimmy's Blues. And he just he just yeah. a great writer. And that and that trumps. That's sort of like what I just admired. You can't really try to mimic what he's done, but as far as like what he's doing, I just appreciate it so much. It's like that's just like what you trying to aspire to be. Like as far as like my writing goes. <clears throat> It's just like that's that's why I can see like as long as you can be as honest as James Baldwin was, yeah, or yeah. as he could be as he was, then I feel like you know the mission is actually accomplished. And and with the book, I was just trying to just be as honest and transparent as about as by as I I can be as far as about what I can see as well. Because this one the work to have out now. I was just trying to focus on everything I see within my community, um, things I see throughout relationships, and things I see that are happening politically as well. How all those things do affect me as a black man and affects the relationships that I have with other people. Right. I, okay, I feel you there. Now you said the book was broken down into three seconds, three sections. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't catch what you said the first section was. I think you just said the second one was the chaos. Uh-huh. It's uh, so it's, it's broken into three sections: the bond, the chaos, mm-hmm. the bond. Okay. Mhm. The bond, the chaos, and the steel. And the steel. Still like okay. S T I L L. Okay. Okay. So how did you come up with breaking it down into those three sections? And can you share what each of those sections represent? Yeah, so each section represents a form. So I feel like in like things things change um in some major parts of our lives. Things are gonna change romantically romantically, mentally, mm-hmm. and spiritually. Now, mm. the things that you're the things that you're gonna let die, and the things that you're gonna let grow, they they reflect the bond that you have with someone. So, and that I was just reflecting the bond that you have, just making out of that that thing that the things that are gonna die and things that you should let grow. Now, okay. the chaos is just rep- uh. just represent some of the things that may happen in the mind that you are constantly afflicted with. That may that may ail you that you that 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 a lot of times we all share those same things we may all mm-hmm. share those those same type of problems um so it's best that it helps me a lot when I write it down, and so if I feel like if anyone's feeling that same way, this will help them as well and the still it's more so focused on just that just learning to be still and being present and being mm-hmm. grateful. And what you and what you have in front of you. Awesome, and and I I like each section because to me each section represents the process of transformation, and I'm big on transformation as you can tell from the name of the show. I believe transformation is important, uh, especially when we're attempting to learn what our purpose is and learn who we are. Uh, and I put that first. I think it's very important to learn who you are, regardless of what stage of life 
that you're in. Um, now, you were talking about the chaos, and you paralleled that to the mind, to the mind. How important <laughs> is it to deal with some of the things that go on in our mind as it relates, whether it's to success, even with writing, with uh, various situations that we're facing? How important is it to be aware of your thoughts and have a shift in the paradigm of your thoughts as well? Your thoughts are the most important things. So our thoughts can be influenced by things going on around us and the things that are going on inside of us. Now, mm-hmm. first, you, you you really have to try to come to peace with as much as you can with everything that's inside of you because everything around you, more times than not, remain chaotic around you. So you have to... Yeah. But you have to be truthful about what is going on around you. You got to be truthful about mm-hmm. what's going on inside you. So once you can, once you can try to face those truths, and but first, that's so that's basically what I'm trying to highlight in that section is those are those those okay. truths. No matter how how much you people may not want to talk about them, they they are true. And what is that? And what does it actually mean? Just try to give uh, the reader time to reflect on some truths that some people might not know because you know some say, oh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, in black mm-hmm. communities or in certain communities, they might not know. So, this is another way to just let everybody know. This is some; these are ideas and conflicts that are going on with with African American men, African American women, and different communities throughout the United States. And a lot of these problems, they're not just specified to a certain color, but it's specified to everyone. These are problems that a lot of people have that anyone can relate to. But it definitely does focus on the social injustice against black and brown people going on right now in America. Now, let's talk about that, because I see you've been very active with that. Um, I listened to, I think it's called the Fifth Amendment uh, that you wrote. Uh, How, this may seem like a basic, crazy type question, but I'm going to ask you too. How important is everything that's going on right now? How important is that to you? And why do you feel it is part of your responsibility to be involved in everything that's going on? I definitely, I just feel connected to it. Every time that I see a video of someone who may look like me or same color as me, look like somebody that probably grew up in the same neighborhood as me, just just get senseless, just for no reason, just get killed or or just murdered by the police. It just it just affects me, definitely affects me, and especially knowing how how certain areas are policed, depending on where you live and you know the demographics of where you live and just the so the severity of the situation, this is to me, it's just not a time to be silent while right. people are, are being murdered. And a lot of times, the murders are just getting off still. So, and I just, and I just, I try to just fight for justice. That's it. Just march for justice. That's mm-hmm. that's just the main thing that mm-hmm. every sign says. We just, that's it. We just want justice. I see a lot of times they might be like, oh. What the protesters want? Like it's on every single sign. Like we want you to actually do what's right when people get killed. And then isn't it amazing how people can try to hijack the narrative of it? You hit it right there. It's about justice. It's on the signs. You hear what we're saying, but yet you choose to hijack the narrative to make it look like we're not about justice. We want to be treated better than everybody else. We're at, we're all angry and we're enraged and we just want to be violent to everybody versus understanding, no, we are angry. We're upset about everything that's going on, but we want to see the changes that need to take place so these things can stop happening. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's just about it's just about the change. It's just about are we actually going to protect the people? We want to do whatever we can to try to protect the people, whatever the case it may be. Taking the guns out of the police hands, or what can we do to keep the police off of people to keep them from killing people? That's and that's just where everyone is trying to figure out the answer to. Mm-hmm. So. With, with the marching and everything, what are some other things that you have done within your community uh, during these times? Definitely voter registration. That's the yes. that's the key step. As um, long as you're voting on the on the local level, on the the national level, you have to you have to register to vote. You have to go out and vote in order to make to make change. These people are elected officials. They're here to represent you. Uh, they're not representing you in the way that they need to. And then you need to vote. If you don't feel like there's any change, just don't vote for the incumbent. Don't vote for who's already in office. Vote for the other person. If you're not getting what you Absolutely. want, vote for this person. Then vote them out. They don't have to be there, you know. <clears throat> they gotta represent. They gotta represent the the constituents. They gotta represent the residents, the people who who they're who they're governing. And I think that's that's one of the things I've been I've been pushing on here as well, is the importance of voting as well as getting involved when it's time for our censuses, because a lot of times we're not filling out census information, therefore the representation isn't the actual representation of us. So I've really been pushing those things hard because I want everybody to understand that it starts at a local level. Like we can really start to make changes that need to take place at a local level. So that's that's awesome. And I hope the young people are listening because you're a young man. And that was one of the reasons I brought you on here too is because I want young people to hear it from other young people as well. Like, yo, we got to do more than just march. And I'm loving the marching. Oh, man, I love it. I love to see people united together. I love all of that. But I also love the aftercare of it too because – to some people, they think, oh, let them march. They'll march for two or three weeks. They'll march for a month, month and a half, and then they'll be done. But what I love about this movement this time is a persistence that's going on where everybody is refusing to be silent and people are actually getting out and doing the footwork along mm-hmm. with the marching. So I like that. That's good. So now my question to you is, um, I'm sorry. My question to you is, with everything that's going on, what are some solutions that can take place or that you feel needs to take place? We talked about uh, dealing with the uh, injustice as far as with the criminal system with the police, what are some other things that really weigh heavy on you? Well, now that I feel like there is a, a, a new fire or, or just some kind of resurgence around around Black people in, in the Black community as we're coming together and marching and marching for justice and and, mar- and marching for change. Now it's time to now we're still we're still we're still in COVID, so we're supposed to we're still supposed to be respectfully away from each other but while we're still taking the time being away from each other we need to have a mindset of trying to support each other more as much as we can mm-hmm. at a time like this mm-hmm. like anytime you see anyone doing anything you need to anything positive you need to take the time to support them and push them in the right direction and motivate them to be better and that's so key like if we can rally around each other and push each other and help each other and we all win at the same time, then we can realize how strong we've been the whole time and didn't even realize that we were actually that strong. Exactly. So, exactly. It's, it's, mm-hmm. no, it's, ahead, it's, I feel good. like it's more time than ever. It's it's, it's, it's the perfect yeah. time for, 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 for black yep. excellence, for, for black leadership, yes, sir. for black art. For, for black yes, poetry, sir. black stories, black music, um, it's time. It's time more than ever to be to be carefree and black to be to be 
to be educated and black, to be talented and black. It's, it's time for it's just time for you to be yourself. To be proud of everything that you do have and what you can bring to the table and be happy for other people and be grateful for everything yeah. that we have and everything that we have around us. Yes, sir. And then the generations that that are coming behind everybody can have a, a greater appreciation for it as well because now they see more representation within the entire corporate world and the arts and entertainment world and the educational system, you know, just killing the, killing the game everywhere. They can become more appreciative, you know, of our history. Let's talk about the education system. Uh, what what are, do you feel like there needs to be some changes even within the education system? Uh, the education system is changing um, mm-hmm. right now as far as everything I feel like they're doing, especially with the younger generation as far as really instituting no bullying and trying to make this yeah. a, a great learning environment for everyone. Um, I think as far as the whole world is, is making the transition towards towards emotional maturity and know how to handle every situation appropriately for everyone you come in contact mm-hmm. with, and I think just those steps alone for the for the young kids right now is going to put that generation ahead. That's great. I agree. I agree. Now with COVID nineteen going on, you brought up COVID nineteen, and you talked about how we're supposed to be you know, in isolation and, and separated from each other. Uh, what are some things that you've done with your time with COVID-19? Is is there any uh, new poetry that has come out of you from this? Have you taken more time to just reflect on and work on yourself? What are some things that you've done during this time? Oh, yeah. just Yeah, actually, I have uh, definitely written, written a lot more. Um, and bounced around with a lot of ideas and just started to, um, I guess it's just, I had more time to sit down with the work and I can actually see a lot of the freedoms that, a lot of more freedom that, that poetry actually brings. Um, we actually mm-hmm. making a book. It's actually my first book. So I'm, um, you get to, you got to get to play with different things as far as, um, ways to make the book very interesting or how you, how you put it together. And, and that was, and that's just, it just really just, that's really what uh, the time's really giving me. More time just to brainstorm and look at what I have and make it more defined. Cool. Now, we talked about the poetry being a hobby and everything. What, when you were in school, what, what did you want to do when you grew up? Did you ever see yourself doing the things you're doing now? Or, you know, was there like a total shift in what it is that you ended up wanting to do as an adult? Oh yeah, nah. See, yeah, uh, when I when I was in school, I uh, I think the first thing I wanted to be was like a soccer player. Then I wanted to be. Okay. Uh, I was like, you know, like it changes all the time. But seriously, the one of the seriously thing yeah. I really wanted to do was probably just uh, I wanted to be a teacher at one point. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, that pretty much I I still I still was pursuing that. Um, mm-hmm. but just. It was just, as I just seen, well, it did start off as a hobby, but as it started to transform into more, I just started to believe more and more, more into it. So I really just kind of, it kind of just, poetry was something that was like a part of my life that just became such a, a large part of my life. I'm just letting it take its lead right now. I'm just trying to see yeah. where that's going to go because it's, it's taking me so far without me really putting it at the forefront. So now it's like I just want to put it at the forefront, let it grow. I feel you because it's almost as if you're teaching anyway, though, because you're dropping education, you know, through through your poetry, and a lot a lot more people can relate to whether it's spoken word or even if it's poetry written out. You know, the creativity, the style of it, a lot more people will be more receptive of that sometimes than. Some who just have to sit in a classroom and, you know, listen, sometimes it gets boring in a classroom. So with that creativity, it'll reach those that some might not be able to reach in like a conventional type of a classroom. So that's what's up. Yeah. 
So I want to throw a couple of words at you, and then I want you to tell me what those words mean to you, and then we bounce off from that. All right? Okay. Okay. So the first word is life. Life. Life means... I guess the first word that's on our mind is meaning. Big. Have you always had that mindset as it related to your life, or is that something like as you got that clear, conscious mind or concise mind, you begin to see life from a bigger perspective? Yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah, just to see, yeah, see life as a as a see life more so as a as a journey. It's just trying to. Just trying to just find the real purpose in it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? Because you talked about mental health earlier. Have you ever struggled with the idea of you having the ability to be successful, or you even having purpose in life? Have you ever struggled with that concept? And if you did, you know, how did you combat that in your life? I feel like I just feel like. Yeah, definitely have a, a a struggle between what you can can honestly possibly be in your own mind. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a that's a constant struggle that we I think we all have. Um, just knowing the possibilities for us in this world is 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 a lot. It breaks barriers that we were that we were raised upon because the world is constantly cha- changing, and and a livelihood is possible. In so many different ways. So absolutely, I totally you, agree. So once you wrap your mind about what you want your your life to be, it it can it can instantly become possible, and the things will just connect for you. Okay, now you said once you wrap your mind around it, it becomes possible. How important is it for you to have a, um, I was, I guess I would say like a, an aggressive mindset as it relates to life? Because I know some people just feel like I can just chill and everything's going to fall in place because the Bible mm-hmm. says all things work together for the good. Uh, is that, do you believe that's an approach you should have or do you believe that Sometimes you got to make things happen. Go out there and make those things happen. That's the only way it's gonna happen. It's from you consistently yeah. making it happen. Yep. It's yep. nothing nothing is ever gonna when you stop working, everything stops working. You have to be persistently working, especially if it's if it's just you, as a lot of people are, they don't have a lot of people don't have teams around them or or have uh or big companies behind them. So if it's your project and you work on it, it only goes as far as you go. It only goes as far as your persistence. And if, mm-hmm. if you haven't reached the goal that you set for yourself, then you shouldn't be, you say your persistence shouldn't let up. Now, how important is goal setting? And how do you set realistic goals? Well, so realistic goals are going to be tangible goals, things that you can actually that you actually have control over or you have power. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have the ability to to reach out to people, whatever whatever your goal may be, let's say if you want to get a hundred people to hear about you or, or whatever the case may be, find find the most tangible way for you to do it. Hundred percent of hundred percent is going to be communication with someone. You got to be able to mm-hmm. speak to someone about what you want. So now you got to find a goal in your mind about you know. And I guess that's after it's certain steps. So as far as just working, we're talking about working. Then you have to have your mindset around how you're going to complete what you're going to do, and that just comes from just having a just having a definition and a definite purpose in your mind about what you're trying to accomplish. And but once you that's and that's just that's mostly the large part. That's like the you do all that work just to finish, just to get started on the next on the next 
side of actually working with your product, but taking your time with your product or working on whatever you're trying to work on, that's actually the enjoyable part. That's not really the, mm-hmm. the part it should. Well, for that's the part for me that just kind of comes natural that makes it, you know, it's just it's just enjoyable for me to just kind of just just do put together. But as cool, far as actually cool, trying okay. to, oh, go ahead, you're good. Okay, yeah, yeah. But as far as as far as actually trying to, sometimes trying to make things grow, that just comes mm-hmm. with persistence. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways uh, since COVID-19, because it's kind of changed the game, uh, I'm a speaker, so it changed the game uh, for speaking, it changed the game for a lot of things. Uh, as far as with your poetry, you talked about open mic nights and other things like that. Would have been some other ways that you have gotten your work out there with COVID going on? Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely it's a it's a big shift. It used to be I just you know you just go to the you go to the open mics and you and you you know and that's pretty much all you you really may need to do is to you know go to some open mics and talk to some people. Then you know you might you get some more shows and things start working in that nature. Uh, but but since how COVID COVID basically shut everything down, you basically just have to go basically go online and and speak to people and. And network that way to try to stay abreast because a lot of times I, I just miss performing, so mm-hmm. I may try to find some way to perform that way. Um, but it gives you a lot of time to write as well. So like, you can you. you might not have you might not have the time to go ahead and, and perform like you used to, but you still have a lot of time to sit back and write. So it's it's like a pretty much like a it's like a double edged sword, I guess. Got you. Now I just heard you say you you miss performing, so I take it you really love performing. What is it about the performing that you love so much? Oh man, it's just it it makes the poem new again. So with mm-hmm. whatever it might be a poem I've done before, um, if it's a room full of people who haven't heard my work before and they hear it for the first time, it just it brings that energy in it like the first time that I wrote it. Okay. All right. So, real quick, can you share something with us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. And um, so I know you heard. Uh, I know you heard the Fifth Amendment. So um, mm-hmm. actually, I'm going to I'm going to do a new poem for you. This one. This one is in out. Okay. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's called uh, "Dear Best Friend." So. Before I heard the term mental health, I fell in love with contradictions. Made love to split decisions. If the evens turned odd, I would split legs to move division. All my standards came in doubles. Anxiety kept me rushing. My life was a puzzle of a hundred different meanings. Incomplete and complete as I compete for some virtue. Kind hearted and hot tempered. Too cordial and too dismissive. Focus on everything while trusting losing something is losing nothing. Even if something is some structure, you know, fear none, love less. It will be easier for me to function. Before I heard the term, it was you tripping. Ease your mind, get some pussy. Ease your mind, put some honey. Ease your mind, roll them woods up. Ease your mind, nigga, hold up. Before I heard the term, it was, you think you tripping? You ain't tripping like that, nigga. You think you got it bad? I got a cousin that can't walk with you. I got a sister that can't talk with you. Nigga, even I got a condition. I can still kick it with you before I heard the term. I thought you'd stay healthy by running. At least three times a day. Two steps towards conflict, one step towards peace, and then you walk away. Just like everybody else. I thought you'd stay healthy by running. Because it helps you breathe. By thinking about something else. I thought you'd stay healthy by taking your mind off yourself. Not in, just out. Because what's out now belongs to somebody else. Before I heard the term mental health, I can't lie. I thought about it first. It was too easy to roll off the tongue like it seemed familiar. Like I'd seen it before. In driveways, in uncles, in siblings. Like I'd seen it before. In friends, in family, in commitment. Like I'd seen it before. In my own eyes, in my own pride. I can't lie. It's like 
like I thought about it before. It was too easy. Like this definition crossed my mind in real time with real wise, a real guide, not illness. Just the result when existence starts to peak. Because really, it's a duality of niggas. Look inside. See the calm and the wildness in niggas. Look in time. You can see the conflict in niggas. Is it environment versus self? Ego versus self. Protection of oneself. Before I heard the term mental health, I knew I could change the world. After I heard it, I knew what's healthy for me comes first, no matter what. Because you got to do what's best for you first, no matter what. Because your point of view on issues, no matter what. I can never look at you different. The same way you might see a man with principles in prison. The same way you may see idols mix wisdom with liquor. The same way you may see the brave take fight of the decision. The same way your ego might ask you to swap out money for morals and your instincts never hesitate. Really, what's the issue? Because lately, my lady is my justice. And she talking like she can't find peace. Like there's some kind of conflict going on. Like if it ain't, then why am I never coming home? Silence is golden. As my eyes drift to a gaze and my hand finds a pencil. And the pencil finds it a page. And I realize maybe it's me. I'm tripping. So times like this, remember, don't forget to be your own best friend. So today, I give you my mantras and my positive affirmations. As I forget my past flaws and move forward in progression, I see my life passions force me to face a past trauma that I two times neglected. So this is my word from Savior to help my people suffer from depression. Remember, it's how you talk to yourself that defines you. You got to be your own best friend. Best friend, please tell the truth even when your voice shakes. Don't forget what a village looks like. Don't forget what your village looks like. Don't forget about your family. From blood to sand. From friends whose memories date back farther than calendars can. Learning to never put bad energy on bad energy. Learn before you mention hurt, remember peace. Learn that you have to take time for yourself. Learn to keep everything in place. Earn the truth in every statement that you make. Turn to new, new leaves and new pages. Never get back on your own patience. Burn bad ideas, not bridges. Learn to take fake forgiveness. Fall into the pleasures of forgiveness. Vix for hard decisions. Psalms for repentance. God to bless and joy your space. Talk to God. Walk with faith. Weigh your options, not your problems. And as you travel from worry to work, redefine it. See a travel between your position and your title. Travel to new beaches. Remember, there's time for silence. But no man is an island. There's always time for confidence. But pride can be a problem. Wait, best friend. Don't forget what you came for. What you woke up for. What you need more for. What you see when your eyes are closed. The spaces and places that unlock doors to empty rooms. That look long left abandoned. And when the time comes, don't forget to speak. And when you speak, See who's surrounded. It's a brave face that brings you peace. That same peace that's inside you is always what's inside you. But wait, listen, best friend, your voice didn't shake. That's my word, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. And I saw how you lit up when I said I wanted to hear something. Like, I can tell that you're really passionate about performing it. And I want to say, um, I want to ask you, has writing been like a form of therapy for you? Because it sounds like it's a form of therapy for you as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is therapeutic. It's it's like a way to say exactly like what I want to say about a topic at any given point. Um. And even though, even though, like, of course, opinions may change over time, it's just that mm-hmm. that same energy that I have when I when I made it, I just feel that same energy whenever I share with with someone else. Absolutely, yeah. I get that. I definitely get that. Now, I also heard you as you were talking. You were basically talking about how it helped you realize that in some situations, you know maybe I'm the problem. So I guess that ties into the therapy side of things too, but it seems as if it like helps you calm down and center yourself, like a form of meditation too. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, do you meditate as well? I try to, I try to, Okay. I really, that's really like the only time I do meditate is when I am writing. Okay. And I might just sit back and think about. I might just sit back in, and and um and just think about what I'm writing. And just sit back for a while, and that might be like my little time of meditation. Now, what what the things that you write about? It seems like you write about personal things within your poetry. So 
So it seems like you go to a vulnerable place. As a black man, was that hard for you in the beginning to become vulnerable and something you learned, you know, even more and more throughout your writing or when you picked it up and just started writing, you was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to get all this stuff out. Well, it it came a point in my in my writing where um, people were asking me to write about certain topics that um, it was a they might ask you to write about something that for their for their cause. I think the first thing one mm-hmm. of the first things I ever wrote was uh, for um, for uh, breast cancer awareness, and and okay. I really had to put myself in a position of a person that wanted me to write. So. That might not something that might not be something that I dealt with, but I learned how to really get involved with the topic that way. So even if it's not 100% true for me, as long as somebody can explain to me the way that they feel and the way that they may see something, I just take that perception and I just write from there. Cool, cool, cool. Now earlier you were also talking about you know, your poetry is an expression and and explains your viewpoint of things that are going on around the world. And I think that that is really important because I feel like sometimes people don't take time to understand each other's viewpoint. And I think that if we can get to a place where we understand each other's viewpoint, then we'll realize that there's more that unites us than what divides us. Have you had an encounter with anybody that either heard heard one of your poems or read one of your poems and it actually helped them to understand what was going on even the more they didn't understand it before then, but it brought clarity to them? Yeah, I have had uh yeah, I have people who 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 like who have liked my work and and wanted to just and it helped them to a clarity about about things with themselves and things that they see in other people too. So mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. And I think that as long as you try to be as honest as you can, then it's, it's gonna grab it's, it should gravitate to to someone hopefully at, absolutely at some I believe that. Now your book is your book is coming out soon, or what process are you in with your book? Uh, it's going to be out. It's actually finishing up right now. It'll be out uh, July twenty seventh, uh, and on Apple oh, iBooks. Okay. You just go to iBooks on your iPhone, and you'll see that on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also on uh, Amazon and Kindle. Uh, Black Ribbon. It's going to be uh, that's going to be July twenty seventh. You can follow me on Instagram. Okay. Just okay. Yeah, we definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna have to get a copy of that. Definitely gonna have to get a copy of that book. Now, we're coming to the end of the conversation. I'm gonna get to the last three questions, and like I said, after that second question, I want you to give everybody all the information on get, connecting with you, even with your YouTube and all of those things. So the first question is: You said a lot in this in this hour you've given us a lot if everybody was to forget everything that you said tonight what is one thing that you would want everybody to walk away with from this conversation Uh, I want everybody to know to be yourself be comfortable with yourself yeah and try to grow every day that would definitely cool somebody take from this conversation and that's good what you said right there that actually led me to one more question I I hope you don't mind Um, I don't mind but okay you talked about you told everybody to be comfortable with being themselves how did you get to a place of comfortability with you well I just I always had a freedom to, to be myself just from just growing up, my life really tried to deter me from trying to be who I am, and it just kind of just 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 who I was, just just throughout life, and and 
I come from a big family as well, so you can. I just, I guess, at an okay. early age, I learned that everybody, so many people have so many different personalities, man. Different ways they're gonna go about. Yeah. And you, just, you really just got to be okay with it. And it's actually, you know, it is okay that people are different. And you can still appreciate them. You know, as long as you can. Tell so that true. That. That's my big thing right there is I want everybody to get to that space where everybody is like free enough to be themselves, like where they don't, they no longer shrink back based upon who's around, but they have that freedom to express their art and the freedom to express their writing and the freedom to express their gifts, talents, and abilities. You know, that that is key. That's why I had to ask you that question, because when you hit that, I said, oh, that's that's a trigger word for me right there. So I had to ask that question. Now, the next question, the next question is on this show, we like to honor people. I call them transforming transformers. Now, transforming transformers are your support system, whether it's your family, your you have a mentor, pastor, whoever. Um, They serve as the backbone to everything that you're doing. They push you when you want to give up. They cheer you on when it seems like nobody else is there to cheer on. So I call them transforming transformers because they've submitted their life to their personal transformation, and then they become a part of other individuals' transformation. Is there anybody that you would like to acknowledge? I always give up to at least four people that have been there in your corner fighting with you and fighting for you sometimes as it relates to your poetry and just you and overall life. Yes. Yes. Uh, when I first, when I was just right, I would, I would write poetry and I would send it to my brother, my brother, uh, Trent Good. And I would send it to, to my, um, to my homegirl, Kiara Petty. And they would both read my work and, and tell me and tell me what they think. And that was just, and that was just back then. Whenever I, I was just like, you know what, I really, I really wanted some input on something that I wrote. I was sending to them, and that's been from the beginning of me writing. And they really, they really, I have kind of, they really did were were encouraging me um, to keep writing, even if they didn't know that. They definitely were encouraging me to keep writing, just from having someone just to talk to you about something, you know, just about mm-hmm. things you wrote. And of course, my my dad and my my grandmother. Just from of me just uh, raising me up to get to this point that I'm at right now. Awesome, awesome. We we uh, appreciate those that you have acknowledged and thank them for being there to be your support system. Because if they hadn't been there, we're not your support system. We might not be able to experience who you are today. So we honor them on tonight. Now. I want to give you opportunity to give everybody your information. I want you to remind everybody also the date that your book is coming out, the platforms you said it to be available on, all of those things. All right, perfect, perfect. So you guys can follow me on Instagram um, at Juice Booming. Um, on YouTube is Justin Good Poetry. Um, a book is called Black Ribbon. It's going to be on Amazon and Kindle. It's also going to be on iBooks. So you can go straight on your iPhone, go to iBooks, um, type in Black Ribbon. It's going to show up right there. Uh, have it right straight to the ebook on your phone. So yeah, for all iPhone users, um, it's going to be out July 27th. Um, yes, yes, yes. I also have a Facebook page as well. Um, Justin Good, you guys can follow me there as well. Cool, cool. Uh, like I said, guys, make sure you get a copy of this book. And the day it comes out, I want you to write and remember, remind me as well so I can announce it on the show again that it's coming out that day. Now, here's the last question I end every conversation with, um, and i explain why I do that after the question. But, Justin, who or Juice, who is God to you? Oh, God to me, God is God is everything. God is is in everything around us and at the same time it's in us as well. 
So I think whenever you create anything, that is a piece of God working through you. And really, anything that anything that you may do is wrong, that's really just the human in you. So, but as as far as like as far as everything actually in nature, I believe that's that's God as well. Cool, cool. The reason why I asked that question is because, uh, like you, I believe God is in everything. Uh, I believe that we gain more awareness of him through conversations with others. So you explaining to me who he is to you helps me even understand him the more. And me sitting and experiencing you helps me understand God even more because he created us. So when we experience other people, we experience the creation of who he is. So I always like to end with that that question because nobody ever describes him as the same. So I love that because I feel like each time we have an encounter with somebody, we're being introduced to another side of who God is. So thank you for joining us on tonight. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Hope you'll come back again at some point. Uh, those of you that are listening, I encourage you, as I said, connect with him on social media. Make sure you are supporting him in everything that he's doing. Each and every one of you, I appreciate you. Thank you for making the show what it is. Don't forget, we're back here on Monday night. To find out who's going to be on the show, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Slide down. Hit Transformation Radio. It's going to give you a list of all of our upcoming guests. All right. Follow me on social media simply by typing in Clifton Petty John on all platforms. Listen, and as I always say, as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace.